It's Wednesday, July 26th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where we have already marked our calendars for August 5th, otherwise known as National Mustard Day. All right. Honesty hour, everybody. I Ooh. am Chicago, but uh, I don't fuck with mustard. Oh. On a hot dog, not for me. Ew, you put ketchup on it then? I like ketchup. I hate <laughs> to say it. Hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I like ketchup. <laughs> On today's show, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had a very tough day. Too bad, so sad, I suppose. Plus, Trader Joe's is recalling some of its cookies because they may contain an unpleasant surprise. I feel like that's got to be the downplay of the year. Seriously. But first, <laughs> we have a deal, y'all. Well, a tentative deal. The packages will keep coming, the deliveries will be made, and Amazon won't take over just yet because UPS and the Teamsters Union have reached a tentative deal, y'all. The negotiations include big ones for workers, including things they frankly should have always had, like air conditioning in their delivery trucks, you know, since the world is burning. Seriously. Additionally, representatives have negotiated increased wages for everyone, more full-time positions, dozens of workplace protections and improvements, as well as no more forced overtime on their days off. Like, not only do you get called in on your day off, but you got to work extra? Yikes. Yikes. And this tentative deal is being delivered nearly a week ahead of schedule since 340,000 workers were set to strike right after midnight on August 1st. So in other words, it's a little bit of a labor miracle. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, some of these things that you just said are being included are a huge deal. But I mean, just so we're clear here, you know, we averted something that seems pretty catastrophic. Just how bad would a UPS strike have been if it actually happened. Let's just say it would have shaken our entire economy to the core as a UPS strike would have been the largest labor strike involving a single employer in the history of the United States. Wow. According to reports, last year UPS handled an average of 20.8 million packages a day. And if that stopped, supply chains would have been upended and we all know what that was like during the pandemic. Estimates also noted that a strike would have created a multi-billion dollar hit to the economy. So the fact that the talks restarted after they broke down weeks ago is huge, especially when you consider that there was no external intervention in these negotiations. If you recall, earlier this month when talks were paused and the union and UPS were both pointing the finger at each other, blaming each other for not negotiating in good faith, the head of the Teamsters Union made a specific request that the Biden administration not intervene, especially in the event of a strike. It's giving, I can do it myself, all right? So... <laughs> When both parties came back to the table Tuesday morning, they finalized the terms quickly and acting labor secretary Julie Sue confirmed to CNN that the Biden administration stayed out of it. Got it. Okay. They did it themselves. Very impressive. What are the leaders of UPS and the Teamsters Union saying about the sensitive deal? How are they feeling now? Girl, they are over the moon. The CEO of UPS, Carol Tomei, dubbed it a quote, win, win, win. It's like she's giving tea pain. You know, it's a vibe. <laughs> Adding that quote, this agreement continues to reward UPS's full and part-time employees with industry-leading pay and benefits while retaining the flexibility we need to stay competitive, serve our customers, and keep our business strong. 
In a separate statement, Teamsters president Sean O'Brien said, quote, we've changed the game, battling it out day and night to make sure our members want an agreement that pays strong wages, rewards their labor and doesn't require a single concession. He added, quote, this contract sets a new standard in the labor movement and raises the bar for all workers. So it's a major win in both of their eyes. Naturally, next it goes to the union workers who will have the ultimate say on what happens here. And that's why we've repeatedly used the word tentative. Right. Because nothing happens unless the workers vote to ratify the contract on August 3rd. So let's not breathe too big a sigh of relief just yet because there could still be a strike next month. According to reports, some union members feel frustrated about the reality that throughout the pandemic, UPS enjoyed record-breaking profits, and workers didn't see any of those returns. And thus, resentment is high. So this is nowhere near over until that vote next week, and we will definitely be watching that closely. We'll also be watching to see what other workers pick up the baton in their negotiations next, like at Amazon and the United Auto Workers, because... There's a chance that all the strikes and threats of strikes we've seen this summer will roll right into the fall. Definitely. Thank you so much for that update, Juanita. A nice bit of positive news for once. Really appreciate it. But switching gears a bit, affirmative action may be dead, but legacy admissions are not. At least not yet. Yesterday, the Department of Education opened a federal civil rights investigation into Harvard's policy on legacy admissions. This, of course, follows the Supreme Court's decision last month to end affirmative action policies in college admissions, as well as a formal complaint filed very quickly afterwards against Harvard that challenged their legacy admissions policies. I feel like this is more good news and what a lot of folks hope that the Department of Education would do when they receive this complaint. So let's revisit that complaint against Harvard. Remind us what's in it and what triggered this investigation. Yes, just to lay some groundwork here, legacy applicants, aka applicants with relatives who are alums and donors, are over six times more likely to get into Harvard than a regular applicant is. They oftentimes benefit from wealth and greater educational resources. And most importantly, for the purposes of being a civil rights investigation here, more than 70% of legacy admits are white. The three Boston area groups that brought this complaint against Harvard argue that Harvard's legacy admissions preferences illegally discriminate against black, Latino, and Asian applicants and instead favor often white, wealthy students. This investigation was opened under Title VI, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, and it comes during a period where there is this increased scrutiny on the college admissions process and practices. Though the Education Department won't issue a comment on the open investigation, a representative from Harvard says that it, quote, remains dedicated to opening the doors to opportunity, unclear exactly who that opportunity is for at this point, but you know, whatever that means. We know they're talking about people who have money. Yeah. (laughs) Just last month, the high court said that affirmative action violated the constitution. So now groups that aren't happy with that decision are wondering why, if that's the case for affirmative action, legacy admissions are still being allowed. I mean, this was the number one thing I heard from black and brown people after totally. the Supreme Court rendered that decision because it's like, hey, we know who this harms and the fact that wealthy people and white people will still benefit. So 
here we are. A few other higher education institutions have been getting rid of their legacy admissions policies. Tell us more about what's happening there. Right. Obviously, Harvard is not the only school with legacy admissions. It's in the spotlight because it was at the center of one of the Supreme Court cases that ended up taking down affirmative action. It's also like the beacon of higher education or looked at in that way by the United States and the world in some ways. But You know, other universities are acting differently. Last week, Wesleyan University became the latest high-profile school to drop the practice of legacy admissions. This also happened well before this year's Supreme Court decision at schools like Amherst, Johns Hopkins, and Carnegie Mellon, and is expected to continue at other highly selective universities as fairness in admissions comes more into question. But as for the seven other Ivy League institutions, mums the word about their plans, if any, to do with legacy admissions. And it's worth reiterating here, the end of affirmative action was a massive blow to efforts to open opportunities for disadvantaged Black and Latino students, as well as other students of color. But ending legacy admissions practices can help rectify some of the disparities in higher education while increasing access for students who historically have not had those same advantages. Obviously, we will be keeping track of this story and letting you know any updates. That is the latest for now, though. We will be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. What a Day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? <laughs> or tax week? Man. That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P dot com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. A federal judge has blocked the Biden administration's new rules for asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border. The system, which was put into place in May, was a key feature of the White House's plan to discourage migrants from crossing the southern border without authorization. U.S. District Judge John Tigar, who also blocked the Trump administration's version of those rules, sided with the immigration advocates yesterday, saying that the policy violates federal immigration law by making it harder to apply for asylum protections. Under the new system, migrants cannot, for the most part, apply for asylum if they've crossed into the U.S. illegally, and they're also required to seek those protections in advance while they're in Mexico or another country. The order won't take effect for another two weeks, and the Justice Department has said that it will appeal. Meanwhile, the U.S. Border Patrol said that the reported number of illegal border crossings last month hit its lowest level in more than two years, which the administration claims is a sign that the new system is working. I'm just going to raise my eyebrows because I don't think that's how causation works, but okay, okay. Ecuador's President Guillermo Lasso has declared a state of emergency and even curfews in part of the country following a wave of deadly gang violence. The first order was issued early yesterday for the country's prisons after a massive riot inside what's considered Ecuador's most dangerous prison complex. Nearly 2,700 soldiers and police officers were called in to retake control of the prison, and at least 31 people were killed. Later in the day, Lasso issued a separate order temporarily suspending people's right to assemble in three provinces. That was in response to a shooting that killed the mayor of Manta, the country's third largest city, and left several others hurt. Ecuadorian authorities have blamed the rise of organized crime groups for the surge in violence. Both orders will be in effect for the next 60 days. Switching gears to some science news, according to a new study published yesterday in the journal Nature, the prevailing current in the Atlantic Ocean could slow down or even stop completely within the next few decades. And the reason is, not surprisingly at all, human-driven climate change. Seriously. To give you a sense of what is going on here, the current is part of a vast circuit of conveyor belts carrying warm and cold ocean water all around the world. That interplay has a strong influence on what climate is like in different places. And without the Atlantic Ocean current, most of the Northern Hemisphere would face freezing temperatures and rainfall would become erratic around the entire world. All of this is driven by water temperature and density. And what's slowing the conveyor belt down is a combination of rising ocean temperatures and more fresh water coming into the ocean as more ice melts from the poles. The scientists behind the study say that the exact tipping point is unclear, but by their estimates, the current could collapse by the middle of the century or, get this, as early as 2025. I'm sorry, that's just a little too soon for me, probably for the rest of you too. While there is some disagreement among scientists over the timeline, there is definitely consensus that this would be catastrophic for the entire world. What other things do people need to shout from the fucking rooftops for the people in power to take this seriously? 
I feel like we just need to make them watch Day After Tomorrow because this story is literally the plot of Day After Tomorrow, what we're which living I used in. to enjoy, but it's too real and we're 18 months from it happening apparently. So, yikes. If you need to tap into your petty, let's just say that Ron DeSantis did not slay the day away on Tuesday. Not really a big difference between <laughs> Monday, Sunday, all the other days. Priyanka said he's a failure every day of the week. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> His presidential campaign went through another round of cuts, slashing 38 positions or a third of its total staff. As we told you earlier this month, according to federal filings, the DeSantis campaign has burned through a lot of cash since the Florida governor entered the race and hired a lot of people early on. Among those brilliant hires was Nate Hockman, a former writer for the National Review who was brought on as a speechwriter but ended up being part of this purge because he made a weird meme-filled video of DeSantis with fascist imagery. Like it was straight up a shout out to Nazis and how DeSantis aligns with them because it was all over his face in the video. But oh. not a good look for the guy expected to be Donald Trump's biggest competition. And to make matters worse for our buddy Ron, he was also involved in a multi-car accident yesterday as he was traveling in Tennessee for a fundraising tour. He wasn't hurt, though one of his staffers was treated for a minor injury. And finally, if you've recently made a grocery run to Trader Joe's, you might want to double check what you brought home. That is because the chain is recalling two of its beloved cookie brands after their suppliers said that they might have rocks in them. Ew. I don't really want to think too hard about how that happens, Ew. but now I unfortunately am. The extra crunchy cookies in question are the Trader Joe's Almond Windmill and the Dark Chocolate Chunk and Almond Cookies. In a statement, the company said that it has already removed and thrown out its stock of potentially contaminated products. But if you are one of the lucky few who grabbed a container of gravelly snacks, please do not power through and eat them. You can bring them back to the store for a full refund or you can add them to your rock collection. Feels like a limited edition there, cookie rock. Don't really make them like that that often. Whatever feels right for you. And you might wanna check your freezer because these aren't the only treats from TJ's that you need to watch out for. Last month, Trader Joe's also recalled its organic tropical fruit blend products because they may be contaminated with listeria. I just, I can't. I'm sorry. What's going on? Oh, for two for Trader Joe's. Like, if you don't eat rocks, then you'll probably eat some listeria. You know, take your Listen, chances. Hard pass. The world pass. is going to engulf us in um, <laughs> rainfall. We're all going to be flooded away, and I'm going to be eating fucking rocks and getting listeria. I guess this is the fate we deserve. Yikes. <laughs> and those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, our friends over at Positively Dreadful are switching things up this summer with a special series of debates moderated by host Brian Boitler. Their latest episode features Adam Serwer of The Atlantic and Ben Wittitz from the Brookings Institute with their takes on how to reform the Supreme Court. You can hear this and more great conversations every Friday on Positively Dreadful wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, return a Trader Joe's cookie to the earth, and tell your <laughs> friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just all the things we can do to stop the climate catastrophe like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and keep, keep on win-win-winning. I'll take T-Pain's version over Charlie Scene's version any day. So come on, T-Pain, all day. A thousand percent. <laughs> T-Pain only. This is a Charlie Sheen-free zone. <laughs>
What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla. Raven Yamamoto and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. Our intern is Ryan Cochran. And our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.